The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Yes, welcome back. We are live. What is happening, everybody? Uh, take note. Take note of the housekeeping details that are in the chat. Uh, we want you guys to ask your questions, change your chat settings to everyone, and let us know where are you tuning in from. We have a big, wide audience out there. Shout out to Denver. You are first. I see you. I need to get out there. Jersey, what's popping? Vin is in Jersey. If you're in Jersey, go hang out with Vin. Amsterdam, what's popping? I'll be I'll be out there your way real soon. So let's connect. Uh, I definitely want to do that. AZ, what's going on? Scotland, I will see you in 2024. So hit me up. I will be in your area. Let's check. Let's hang out together. Uh, you could show me around. Shout out to Delaware. I don't know what they say in Delaware. Is there like a they're like a hey, do this thing in Delaware. Let me know what's what's Delaware famous for. <laughs> Uh, San Francisco, you guys represent all the time. We appreciate it. Uh, Savannah, Georgia, if you're in Savannah, you want to eat at the Gray. Great little spot down there. I, I love it out there. Uh, all right, let's get to it, guys. Get in your get your learning caps on because we are here. Welcome back to another episode of the Sell Better Daily Show by JB Sales. We bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. That's what we do here. Uh, let us know what your role is. I'm going to go ahead and ask that question now. This is how we tailor the conversations to what you are and make it meaningful to you. So let us know about that. And again, if you're just coming in, change your chat settings to everyone and let us know where you're tuning in from in the chat. Uh, big shout out to all the places that we've been. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a live masterclass. What does this mean? It means we're going to talk about five tactical prospecting strategies for the five main channels that I believe everybody uses. There's probably some other channels out there that we could talk about as well. I'm your host, James Say What Sales Buckley, and I'm joined by Vin Matano of Demandbase and Will Padilla of Grin. Welcome back to the show, fellas. Thanks for having me. Excited to get into it. Good to be here. Going to be a good show today because get your pens out. If not, don't worry because this is a recorded conversation. You will all get the recording. Uh, before we get started, if you're looking to level up in 2023, we're here to help. The Sell Better Show now offers a membership with instant access to all of our training and resources. Check it out at sellbetter.xyz or go ahead and scan that QR code on your screen. That's been a big fun thing to do, that QR code. I love it. Big shout out to our partners, Apollo and Vidyard. I have been a Vidyard user since 2015. They never let me down. And you probably know Apollo for sales engagement, but they're also out there providing 250 million contacts for over 60 million companies. That's amazing. So get started with this powerhouse sales engagement platform today. I'm going to drop this link in the chat for you right now. There it is. You can get started and start using Apollo today, right now, if you get started with that link. Let me tell you a little bit about what you're going to get today. Five expert techniques for five different channels for outbounding. You're also going to talk about content strategies because a lot of strategies out there and these two have some interesting points of view when it comes to content and what it's for. Uh, and then we're going to give you some actionable steps to boost your prospecting game. So let's get into it, Vin. Talk to me about the structured, the three pieces of the structured email, and then break this email down for everybody that you sent to a prospect. Let's take a Absolutely. look at those in the room while you're talking about it. Absolutely. Um, so email for me is my most effective channel. Um, I think there was a study that um, Intercom had posted where they asked decision makers where they like to be contacted the most. 80% of them said email. Mm. Now, that tells us that we won't. Uh, executives want to be contacted on email, but that also creates a lot of noise in the email inbox. So how do we stick out? Well, there's typically a few things you want to do. I typically look for three things when crafting an email. One of them would be around showing that you're not a robot, right? So show me, you know me. So the first thing I do is look for something on the prospect's either LinkedIn profile, I can Google search the prospect's name, 
uh, trying to find some content the prospect was featured on. And that's typically going to be your first sentence to, to capture their attention. Now, you want to avoid just saying, hey, I saw you went to Penn State, like, you know, go blue. That's not going to work. You want to find something where you can actually tie in some relevancy. Yeah. So that leads to the second part of the email. Second part of the email is, is tying in that relevancy. For me, I'm like, I'm looking for things to help the prospect solve the challenges they're experiencing today. I'm looking for things that the business that the prospect works for is experiencing at demand base. We can help with a few different things around the go-to-market, potentially releasing a new product or a new rebrand. That's stuff I'd like to look for. Um, and then the last piece of it is that call to action. So Gong did a study where they analyzed all the call to actions for, for cold emails. When I started in sales, they were training you to do time closes. This next week at four o'clock work to meet. Yeah. They actually found that the highest performing call to actions were interest-based call to actions. So for example, asking if they're interested in learning more, or is this a challenge that you're actually experiencing today? So putting those three structures to an email, I was reaching out to a prospect, a BDR leader, and he mentioned that he's really into garage gyms, right? So I took that as my personalized intro, talking about how squat racks are the most important gym equipment. So that automatically captures his attention. I moved into saying how BDRs need intent insights to actually do their job. So as a BDR, the most important equipment for them is intent insights. So that's that transition into why that's relevant for him, why he should continue to reach out. I threw in an extremely quick value prop of demand base of what we sell. So I would encourage you guys to have that one liner that's ready to go that explains your business at an extremely high level. Um, and then I also went above and beyond. I actually created some value for him. So I actually created a list and sent it to him. Um, and he can actually use that list, send it to his team. Maybe you guys have some other uh, value props that are maybe equivalent that you can send to your prospects. Yeah. Maybe it's a, a test or some sort of trial or um, a case study, something like that. Marketing collateral of some kind, right? Marketing, exactly, right. So you want to be able to create that value there. Uh, and then tying it into my CTA. For me, I was going with that low friction ask. If you think this warrants a deeper conversation, ping me back. Worst case, we can, we can chat about coffee. He mentioned he likes coffee uh, and our favorite workouts. So that's kind of putting that three-part structure, show me, you know me, relevancy, and your call to action. And really, you should try to keep those between 50 and 100 words uh, as per Lavender, which they reported. I like this structure right here. Let us know in the chat what you think about that structure. I think I like it. I'll probably use some level of it. I especially like that short value proposition. Sometimes we get stuck in that need to explain ourselves in such a dramatic fashion. It could be high level, really small, just a few words sometimes. Uh, the value that you wanted to bring to the table when it came to emails, Will, was all about subject lines. So I want to bring this up so that you can talk about some examples. Uh, and then I want to, we'll, we'll, we'll go forward. We'll show some examples that you guys have been using in some of these messages too. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm hundred percent with Vin. It's all about show me that, you know, me type of aspect. So, uh, the first subject line is one that I've been using for over three years in tech sales. So, um, basically to kind of put this as a personal spin, grin is an influencer marketing software. So sometimes what I'll do is I'll go out and actually in their tagged photos, find an influencer's post label the influencers at name brought me here in the first line of the email i'll drop the influencers uh tag post so it's super relevant they know i did that myself mm. the second is more of a question where you're kind of sparking interest where dread this and then what you do is you put the pain or something that that persona might dread in the email body 
Um, the third is super simple. One of my go-tos has got about 11% uh, reply rate over 1,700 emails. So it's a pretty good one, uh, very standard, just first name plus company. And then the fourth is where you can get really creative. So it's actually putting a competitor that uses your software of, of that brand. So let's say, I don't want to, I don't want to name it because I'm going to put it on a blast, but uh, maybe we'll do something broad like Adidas or Nike. So let's say Adidas was a client. I'd say, okay, what Adidas is doing with Grin, and I would send that to all the Nike people that I wanted to spark their interest. And in there, I'd label like four to five bullet points of some success metrics that they're having with us, and then just do an interest-based call to action of, hey, are you interested in learning more? I like these different subject lines to use because they're very like plug and play and customize them based on what you're trying to do, the company you work with, the competitors that you might work against sometimes in your deals. Uh, the thing that you talked about additionally was that preview piece. And you said, if you're going to use that piece of content they created as your context, link it in that first line so that they can see that that came from you. You feel like this upped your open rates because it felt more personalized, no? hundred percent. Yeah. The, and, and it's funny because uh, we have outreach and sales tools, so we can see who's clicking on our emails and those are always getting clicks. They're really just, they're just kind of surprised that someone actually went out and manually found something like Vin's, you know, garage gyms. Maybe you can link like a specific squat rack that you found of a brand that you think they might like. So you can just get super creative. I love these these subject lines and what they might do for your uh, prospecting efforts. So shout out to you for giving us those. Uh, one question that I want to ask you: Are you currently using video as your as a prospecting vehicle? This is a yes or no, super simple. We're going to talk about the video strategies coming up, but I want to get to cold calls real quick. Uh, so, Will, this is kind of your domain. This is where a lot of your uh, success comes from. And I'm going to share this. This is all personal stuff that came from Will. Thank you for being so generous with your personal handwriting. We appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, break Fading this scratch. notebook down that you keep and how it works for your uh, cold calling best practices. Yeah. So uh, this is like chicken scratch. So congrats if anyone can read um, <laughs> what I wrote down. But I've had this notebook for a long time. I update it with new scripts. So um, one of my claim to fames was on TikTok. I opened up with a cold call from Josh Braun of like, hey, you're going to hate me because this is a cold call. Would you like to hang up or roll the dice? So that was like over two years ago. Everyone found out about that. It's been overplayed. So I'm always trying to find new scripts. And even though I've been making cold calls for over five years, um, I always have a notebook in front of me whenever I make cold calls because Making cold calls, especially the first four to five, can be kind of nerve wracking where you might be a little rusty or, you know, you, you might feel a little nervous about what to say. Um, take all the guesswork out of it because literally when I make a cold call, it's that the second picture of like, you know, the uh, which one is it where it's like, hey, you know, this is Will from Grin. Sorry, We've never, no, no, you're good. We've never met each other yet. Um, I was hoping you could help me out for a moment. I literally wrote sure as that that's them because every single time I call, that's what they say. They say, sure. I say, thanks. I'll be brief. And then for whatever software company or whatever service you're selling, you can basically just let them know some lesser known tactics. So what I like to say is, 
hey, we're setting up some personal Zoom sessions. So I'm getting kind of creative with uh, basically saying we're doing meetings and demos. Um, you know, and basically some lesser known tactics to grow your ambassador program, whether it's, you know, get better conversions, track better UGC, you know, but then I still go deeper and I say, I was hoping I could ask you a couple more questions just to see if this would be relevant. And then this is where there's a break. One person could say, I'm not the right person. You need to talk to so-and-so, or they can say, sure, I'd like to learn more. Or at that point, they say, I've already heard of you guys. We're familiar you know, maybe there's some history. So um, I just share this as um, you're never above um, basically a notebook in front of you, even if you've been selling for a long time. And I also have um, a bunch of uh, rebuttals. Like if someone says not interested, I'm like, okay, sounds like I've got you at a bad time. You know, maybe it's in the middle of your day. And then, you know, I kind of just go into it and I'm just like, look, you know, the reason why I'm calling is, and then, you know, you mind if I took one minute to tell you why I called. So having all the rebuttals ready to go is probably something that you could collect over time. That's that thing that comes with the experience. Keeping your notebook organized probably helps a lot. Oh, mm. new rebuttal, right? Like, how am I going to respond next time I hear that rebuttal? Okay, so we've talked a little bit about email value. Thank you, Will, for sharing your cold call experience and that flow. I like your transition there. Uh, Vin, you have uh, like a formula to to video that I think is, you know, uh, let's say different, right? Uh, talk to me about how you've been using video to be, I don't know, I, I want to say aggressive, but that's probably not the right word. Let's say <laughs> assertive instead. So tell me what you've been doing on Twitter, brother. <laughs> so... I am in the position where I sell to marketers, which I know is uh, would make a lot of sense as I'm explaining this, right? So I sell to marketers. Marketers are very active on social. They're active on LinkedIn. They're active on places like Twitter. I know that's not the case for every other industry like security, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But for me, they're active on, on Twitter. So I find it's a really great place where it's a balance between professionalism and their personal life, right? It's not Instagram where it's like ultra personal. Although your industry, like Will, since he sells into the influencer space, that may be relevant. Um, so I'm finding I can use it as ammunition. I can use Twitter to actually pull and find a little bit more info than I could typically find on their LinkedIn profile. And two, there's less noise, right? So I mentioned earlier, I'm an email first sales rep. All of my personalization, my value, my call to action happens in my email because that's where I see the most success. I have a 24% reply rate. However, I'm using all the other channels, phone, email, gifting, et cetera, to get their attention back to my email. So one of the ways I do that is through video. And I kind of stack those on top of each other with video and Twitter together. So I literally will take my phone out. I'll record a video on my on my phone. Um, it basically trying to get it under 60 seconds. This one went a little bit over. It's totally fine. But the goal is to get it around 60 seconds. I'm kind of using it like a voicemail where I'm just basically mentioning some of the email. And I don't ask for anything over Twitter and over video. I don't ask for the meeting. I don't ask for time. I don't ask anything. I'm basically just trying to get the, my name in front of the prospect's face. Um, so in my email, I basically referenced the podcast that my prospect was featured on, the B2B Growth Show. So I said, hey, just listen to your podcast on the B2B Growth Show and inspire this video below. So it kind of leaves a cliffhanger of like, okay, well, what the hell is this video? Um, he, he talked about how he got into riding bikes recently. So I just threw that in there just to show I actually listened to it. Uh, and he wound up getting back to me over Twitter, which is, uh, to be honest, not always the case. Most folks will see the tweet and go to email and answer me there. Yeah. Yeah. 
this guy actually got back to me. He's actually a CMO. So an executive got back to me over email and said, hey, replied to your email. Thanks for the outreach. And he did. He replied to my email. Uh, we set up a time and uh, that one actually kicked off a, a sales cycle. So this is a way where I'm trying to really break through the noise in unorthodox ways um, without being too, <laughs> to your point, James, too aggressive, right? I'm not asking for meetings on Twitter and not berating them. I'm just trying to get their attention back to my email. I mean, I don't know. I feel like there is some elements of brazen here. Uh, let me know in the chat, like, what do you think about tweeting directly to your prospect? I've never taken that step before. I would send it in uh, a DM, I think, on LinkedIn long before I would tweet them. But the cliffhanger, Chris, thank you for pointing it out. And Kim, keep keep with us here because we're going to talk more about video. I appreciate the fact that you've done 100 videos. Uh, let's definitely talk more about video with Will because Will, you have a different strategy, but it also encompasses some level of social credibility with your video strategy. So break this concept down and why you do it this way and how it works. Yeah. I just want to say, I'll be checking my prospects, Twitter accounts. Now that I've been telling me about that, I've never heard of that one. So mm -hmm. I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to see that. So <laughs> this was like my claim to fame at Grin. Um, so when I started at Grin, I was kind of like Vin where, you know, cold calls were great, but I needed to break through the noise and everyone was getting blasted by a bunch of sequences. So what I did was with my account executive, this isn't from any course or any teachings. This is hundred percent made up by myself and it's the results speak. So, um, my quota was, you know, eight demos a month as a BDR. So through my eight demos a month, three fourths of all the demos that ever got booked were from a response on LinkedIn from a video. So the whole team kind of started to perk up and say like, what are you doing? How can we do this? Uh, it's very simple. So what you're going to do is you're going to connect with the prospects. So you're not going to send them anything in the note. You're just going to send them a connection request. Additionally, you want to have like a spreadsheet or something to keep track of like when you sent those connections when to go back and check. But ideally, as soon as they accept your connection, I'm sending them a less than 60 second video. Mm. In, in this, I'm doing something very specific. So the video paused, but I actually have a whiteboard. Um, I don't know, where is it? So uh, my desk is pretty big, but um, I always have a whiteboard that I have their name on. So I have their name on a whiteboard and then I have their Instagram of the company they work at in the background. So they automatically know this isn't some um, pre-made video. They're like, this kid wrote my name on a whiteboard and is waving to me with the Instagram in the background. Then what I do is very simple. I have four different tabs up of our most hardest hitting um, software features for Grin. So I talk automatically like this, 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 and I bring up like, hey, thank you for accepting my connection. These are some features of how some similar brands are actually utilizing Grin. And at the end, I'm similar to Vin where I don't ask for anything. I just say, hey, look, I really hope you enjoyed the video. And you know, let me know if this interests you, but nonetheless, thank you for accepting my connection. So all this is done under 60 seconds. The 60 second mark is one that we hear a lot. Uh, and I think it, it's, it speaks to our attention span. Uh, it looks like, majority of people are not currently leveraging video. Check this out. 73% of the folks that have voted are not currently leveraging video. Uh, I want to encourage everyone to just start making videos during your prospecting phases. Come up with the things that work. 
and write those things down, use them as scripts, right? You said you send a similar video to everybody. It's plug and play as far as the company names and the person's names and the roles, but you send basically the same message to everybody and it, it's become second nature to you to do it. I do these as an account executive. Like even as an account executive, my role has changed a bit where I'm demoing prospects, but what I'll do is I'll send a video to the CEO. So maybe I demo end users. I'll send a video to the CMO and I'll be like, hey, same type of style. Here's what me and your colleagues talked about today. Nothing to do on your end, just wanted to loop you in on some of the things we're talking about. And so with these videos, I think I have some questions in here of like, you know, how are you managing your time by creating all these videos? Um, so I'll be transparent with you guys, right? I wasn't making 100 cold calls a day. I was probably doing more like 20 to 25. I would do five to six personalized videos every single day. So I was sending out connections to every single persona that I thought was valuable enough to connect with. That could be an influencer marketing coordinator, could be a CMO, it could be a CEO. And you can see some of these responses, you know, fun video you shared. I loved it. Thanks so much for taking the time. You know, these are big CEOs and CMOs of big companies that really want to talk with me. And I'd like to ask the audience a question. How many times has a recruiter reached out to you for a job and sent you a personalized video to get your attention? My guess is probably never, never, right? The whole chat's blowing up. Zero, never, never, never. So your prospects are the exact same way. When they see you waving a whiteboard and you got a video, they're going to watch and they're going to take the time. Ben, do you agree that curiosity plays a bigger role here? And then we'll talk a little bit more about how we leverage this on social platforms. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Curiosity is a big one. Um, you really, I mean, the whole line of dangling the carrot is something you want to do within your sales process too. Like not even just in the cold prospecting, but as you have sales calls, you want to set up your next call. So they might ask a question, you can answer it at a high level, and then you can kind of dangle the carrot by saying, yeah, we can definitely talk about that more on the next call in depth. So you always want to dangle the carrot throughout the whole process and create that curiosity. I think curiosity is what killed the cat. That's what they say, right? Let me ask this question now, since we're going to talk about how these things function in the social selling world, where are your prospects most engaged? Where do you find them most often? Uh, and obviously, I want you to share your thoughts on tweeting these videos and the things that you're seeing here. Is this something that you would do? Uh, we like you guys to be engaged in the chat. You guys all know that you have a voice here with me. Uh, let's talk about social selling strategies. Uh, Will, Vin, I know you've had experience on this side of the fence. Talk about this uh, message, Will. And then, Vin, I would love to hear how you would approach a message similar to get the attention that you're looking for, whether you're using video or not. Yeah, so super quick, like if the audience wants to, you can screenshot this. Um, you can even put this in like a shortcut for any of your slashes. So like I send like five to six videos a day as a BDR. I don't do as many now, but I just copy and paste this and then it autofills like, hey, I noticed you're the title at company name. And then just replace anything influencer or spreadsheets with features of your software. So um, for example, maybe you're selling security software. I want to reach out about, you know, your your IT needs or something along those lines. And then there's a, we're helping companies in your space, such as list three to four competitors and then list three to four features of what you're helping them with, insert the video and you're good to go. So you can just 
copy and paste this so you don't have to uh, worry about this. And um, yeah, I think social selling, um, you know, is just one of those things where like it just helps to have a very clean LinkedIn profile. So make sure you're, you have a good headshot, a background. Um, I'm not advocating this, but like I don't have I'm a sales rep at Grin in my bio. Mm. I have revolutional, revolutionizing creator management at Grin in my bio. So they might think yeah. I'm like a marketer um, because I don't want, like sometimes they see sales rep and they get kind of scared. I agree with that. And I always see the ING in there on the headline is the way you want to go. Like, what is it that you're actually doing ing on a daily basis? It looks like most people find their prospects engaging on LinkedIn. Vin, you said that you're very heavily on LinkedIn, but you don't actually sell there. Where do we draw the line? How do people know what to do? If you're not selling, what are you doing on LinkedIn? Yeah, I think the beauty of sales is everyone has their own style and everything works differently for other people. For me personally, again, my success goes in email. However, I do use other channels like LinkedIn to get their attention back to my email. The way I'm engaging with prospects on LinkedIn is by connecting with them, engaging with their content, um, potentially sending them uh, direct messages to um, just not asking for time. Now, if I completely hit walls with email, then yes, I will revert to that. Um, one thing I want to add to Will's message, <clears throat> James, you might pull that back up. Will's uh, I got LinkedIn you. connection, uh, LinkedIn message, right here. So one thing that's you could try to soften the ask mm -hmm. is I, I typically try to avoid um, sending some sort of like ask in a in a direct mail. One thing you could do prior to getting to this point is sending a message like this in the chat. So thanks for accepting my connection request. Would it be okay if I sent you a one minute video on how to increase reach through influencer marketing? That's a super low friction ask. Um, and they might be open to it. They might be like, yeah, sure. You can send them the video. And then that's where in the video, you're actually putting the value prop, you're pitching grin, you're dangling the carrot. And then the second message with that video is all of this great stuff where you're, you're highlighting the value prop and stuff like that. So I think in terms of that curiosity, this note in the chat that I threw in there, you send that first, that will create the curiosity and give you the green light to actually pitch your product in LinkedIn in the DMs. Yo, my man is actually dropping things that you can copy and paste into LinkedIn and earn the right to pitch your products. That's dope right there. Um, I want to also say, I, I could add like a little bit of humor in there and say things like, it's a 30 second video. Don't worry, I won't pitch slap you. If people get a good laugh out of that, yeah, go ahead and send me the video, right? Like They put their guard down much faster that way. Uh, so that's a good one there for social selling. We appreciate that. Some good questions coming in. We're going to move to Q&A here in just a second. Uh, let's talk a little bit about social and content strategy because we could put content anywhere, but you guys saw how heavily LinkedIn was on the where are your prospects most engaged. LinkedIn is an obvious one, but there are other platforms to earn you the right to have conversations. Will, you showed that screenshot earlier of using that person's Instagram in the back. Uh, for content strategy everywhere, like what is the move for salespeople today? Because content is the road to connection. I've been saying this for years, uh, but it has to be related to the people that you sell to. That's what we hear. Uh, but you guys say you have a different opinion. The way that you re re do content, the reason you do content is very different than most what I hear. So Vin, I'd like to start with you. Why do you create content? Where do you put it? Why does it matter? Yeah, I think we will have uh, pretty similar opinions on this one, um, yeah, just, yeah. just from chatting. But you know, they say you're supposed to create content for your audience and seller. I personally don't think I agree with that because you're not going to have this same exact sales job for the entire career, especially 
if you're a similar age to me, you have a long ways to go in your career, right? Um, so I, I'm trying to avoid building an audience in one specific niche industry. And then when I move and change jobs, that audience is useless to me. Personally, I'm creating an audience and I know Will will probably have some great things to add to this as well. I'm creating an audience for my own personal brand. It has nothing to do with what I do at Demandbase. Um, and I'm sharing my day-to-day -day challenges and hopefully connect with other people. And, and my personal brand will carry on with me 20 years later and if I change roles, whatever that is. What it does help with is it gives me some street cred or some uh like it helps me come up as a thought leader so if i am working with a prospect and they go check me out on linkedin they're like oh okay he's actually sharing some cool content uh he, he seems like a trustworthy guy but i don't necessarily know if my personal brand is like directly helping my sales at my nine to five all right so will i have to pass it to you now because the moment vin said that you said i've never earned a sale with my content <laughs> I, I wrote that down because it's contrary to what people sometimes preach out there. Tell me why you make content. Where do you put it? Why does it help you? Yeah, I'm I'm similar where I made content just because I wanted to. And I was like, you know what? If I'm going through a struggle, maybe others are going through a struggle like me. Um, so I would say it never got me a sale. I will say when I used to sell in person, I used to like do door to door in Chicago people would say, I saw your videos. You're just like you are on camera. So it helped, it helped like ease their anxiety. But I'd say right now, I just make content to build a following. But then what's cool is when you build a connection with your prospect, uh, and then let's say you sign a deal and they're a client and they see you posting videos, I see like steady likes from my clients. So like, oh, what's up? Like, you know, I just signed you like three weeks ago and they're like liking all my stuff, commenting. So I think it like humanizes. It's like, oh, I worked with that guy and like now he's posting videos and they're actually pretty well done, like, or, you know, maybe somewhat well done. And it builds that relationship with them. And then they'll like sometimes message me, like, hey, I love your videos or something. It's so cool. Like my whole team watches them. It's kind of funny. I, I think that's what I get out of my content is, mm. hey, I've, I've shared so much of your stuff with my team. When you see that on a reply to a cold email mm. to a leader, you, you, it really does register. So here's a tactical thing you can do with your content. If you're out there and you're creating content and it's new, look at the people that are engaging. Cross-reference that with LinkedIn. Are they actually people that are part of your persona, your ICP? Can you s start a conversation with them? Maybe it starts with, thanks for that like on that post. What was it you liked about it? All you're yeah. looking for is engagement so you can start a conversation. Uh, thank you both for all of that. Yeah, so I'll add one last thing to that too. Yeah, you don't actually have to like create content to be active on LinkedIn at That's all. True. You, you could just simply comment and engage and share things on LinkedIn and that will have a incredibly high ROI from from just sitting on the sidelines. You don't actually have to post. I just want to point that out. Thoughtful commentary goes a long way when it's followed by an email that references the comment or the content that your prospect put time and effort into. And you'll earn those conversations by being relevant and timely using that information. It's true. You do not have to create. You have to engage. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Thank you for that. Uh, I want to answer some questions. Any Anything you want to say, Will? Uh, you know, anything you want to add before we get to the Q&A? Um, I would just say like the common theme from everyone was their prospects are on LinkedIn. So, you know, why aren't you, right? It, <laughs> like that, it's like, you can, you can only be a lurker for so long, right? 
and it's like i get like i get not wanting to have any other social media like tiktok instagram if you don't feel like that's for you like i totally understand but linkedin is for your job it makes you money it makes me i'm, I'm just gonna stop there it, it does me well linkedin does me well so i'd recommend for you guys to start engaging and uh building a good linkedin profile yeah, having a complete LinkedIn profile is sometimes a challenge for a lot of reps. We've done some shows on that. Uh, reach out to me if you want that information. I'm happy to shoot it over to you. Let's get a question in from Mike with the most upvotes. Y'all can vote for the questions that matter most to you. So throw your questions in the Q&A. We're going to do Q&A right now. Uh, and these are great questions here. Mike says, what are your thoughts on texting a cold prospect if you have their mobile number? Zoom info, for example, will give you the mobile number. Would you guys say texting is on the rise? Are you anti-texting? Where do you sit? We'll start with uh, Vin. Personally, I, that's not something I would use in my sequencing. Again, everyone has different tactics. The way I'm using texting is in sales processes when I already have a relationship created with that prospect. I, if, I, get, I bet if you were to survey your prospects and if you said, hey, what, where do you want to be contacted cold? I, I bet you texting would be at the bottom of that list. That's just my hunch. I think that's like where someone's yeah i similar to will i also did door to door we have a lot in common and when i did door to door and i would ring doors at dinner time people would be so pissed because you're invading their space i think texting is kind of in that same vein but that's just my personal uh experience will what about what about you same thought it's it's i don't know we have like too many aes here um but you know when when you are an ae and you're in a buyer's cycle with uh with a prospect uh, texting like shoots the win rate up like crazy. Um, but I've never had it go well when I was a BDR and I tried to text someone to get their attention. I'd say leave that one out. So here is, I, I appreciate both of your opinions. This is mine. If I'm on a call, I have a habit of saying, is this your cell? Can I save this number? And very rarely do people say, no, never talk, call this number again. Usually I've earned that question and I can now text them once they say, yeah, this is my cell, save my number. This helps me so much. Also, if I get a direct number, I save that number in my phone forever and ever so that if ever they decide to call me back, I'm like, what's up, Will? And it uh, feels very, it feels well, very. Well, that wouldn't, be, that wouldn't be cold though. You would, have, you would have that relationship. You already had that interaction with somebody. It's more warm, I think, at that yeah. point because you've earned that relationship, right? Okay, this one comes from Grant, and this time we'll start with Will. Uh, what are your tech tools that you would recommend to optimize things like lead gen processes? Do you have tech tools in mind for that? Because every SDR needs leads to reach out to for these with these channels. Yeah, so I'm, I don't get any lead lists or anything like that. I have to always go out and find them myself. But you know, for for streamlining your sales processes, like shout out Vidyard. Vidyard has great video. Um, they have a video processing tool where you can just create videos on the fly. Um, another one is um, Magical. They're like a, a shortcut uh, thing where you can like save shortcuts. Me and Vin are both influencers for them. So like, trust me, it's not a plug. It's actually just like a pretty good tool um, for doing shortcuts and it's free. So Magical. And then um, I use um, Hunter. Um, hunter because sometimes i'll verify emails through hunter that i can't find on other softwares that i use nice good list right there vin uh any tech that stands out to you other than the magical that you're an influencer for <laughs> what do you got for us yeah well uh, we do use demand base for a lot of 
the internal BDR practices from, sure. from intent signals, contact data and things like that. Um, I will say outside of that, um, I'll give you guys a good one. So I talked about really quickly. I mentioned that I met, I recommended a po- or mentioned a podcast that my prospect was featured on. That's often at times challenging to find prospects that your prospects were featured on. So there's a website called listen notes and you could search things like, uh, James Buckley in the search thing, and it'll pull up all the recent podcasts that James Buckley was featured on. So I use that to help me find podcasts that my uh, prospects are featured on. Nice. Podcasts only, not arrest records. If you're going to go type James Buckley in there, make sure you don't <laughs> click on those. Uh, what are your suggestions for legal constructions on sharing our current customers with prospects? I would love to call out companies similar to a prospect that use our solution, but we don't have an NDA. Do you think an NDA is needed to tell customer stories, yo? Well, if you have an NDA, don't don't talk about the prospect. Yeah. Um, but if you don't have an NDA, like what's stopping you? Um, yeah, stories sell. So I think you could tell the story without giving away the company too, right? Yeah, 100%. I work for the company. Let me tell you about this company. I can't give yeah. you the name, but I'll tell you the story, right, Vin? Oh, you could give away everything but the name. I yeah. worked with a uh, ed tech company that was about 500 employees. They're based in New York City. They actually have a team similar size to you, eight marketers, two salespeople. You could literally list off every single thing, and I just made that up. Um, yeah, the reason they came to our company was that they really needed their team to have a different sales culture, so they leveraged our product to be able to change the behavior. You could go on and on without ever giving anything information about the company. I love that. <laughs> uh, be so careful, have, because they might, be careful, though, because they might actually try to get an NDA in place and then try to potentially... I've had people say, oh, I would love to speak with that customer, so I, I would just be careful with that. Make sure it's actually a customer. That's true. Don't lie about your customers. I, yes. I think that's that. Don't <laughs> let's just say don't lie. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. So good. That's good stuff. Uh, Will Vin, how can you avoid having your videos go into the contacts spam folder? We're talking about sending emails to people that have videos attached. Will thoughts on this? Well, I just don't do it. Um, I don't send videos via email. I only send them on LinkedIn. So that's how I never get into spam. I will send a prospect a video on LinkedIn if they're in a buyer cycle and they're like, hey, Will, can you show me this API integration? And I'm like, sure. And I just like make them a video and I send it. Yeah. But I'm never cold emailing videos. That's good. Uh, I have a different opinion, but we'll share that in just a moment. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Thoughts on this? Um, I'm actually looking for a tool to help with deliverability. So. Nice. Uh, we we have done lots of shows about email deliverability. You should talk to Jesse Willett of Lead Magic. I'll recommend him. Okay. Uh, that guy's a genius when it comes to deliverability. Love him to death. Cool. Uh, but here's my tip. Ask if you can send the video first. And when you get the yes, send the video. Always avoid sending that first email out cold. Here's my devil's advocate. You can send them if they are short enough and you have at least a first degree connection with them on LinkedIn. You can send somebody an email they're not expecting that has a a video. If they're connected to you, they might recognize your name, open that email, watch that video. That's something you can do. But great question, Claire. I would always give permission in a true cold prospect before you send a video. Uh, So that's my answer there and good questions. Uh, This one comes from Anonymous. We appreciate you, Anonymous. I've ramped up video prospecting a bunch and I'm finding little success. My ICP is cybersecurity. Is there a better way to get in front of these prospects uh, when email filtering keeps you out of the email inbox altogether uh, and you aren't connected on LinkedIn? So that's probably, again, the deliverability issue there, right? Send just plain text is my my first go-to. What do you guys think? 
you want to take a stab at that, Vin? Yeah, I don't think I have anything to add to that, unfortunately. Yeah, I think plain text and cold calls. Will, cold calls, right? Uh, just, I cold call people all the time. Like, cold calling is just the easiest way. Like, personally, this is going to be a counterintuitive, but I view cold calling for me as like my laziest method. Cause I'm like, oh, like, I don't want to do a bunch of research on these guys. So I just pick up the phone and I'm just sitting back in my chair. And if they answer, I'm like, hey, hey, what's going on? And then I just like go into it. Cold calling is very easy for me. Um, so if you guys are ever feeling a little lazy, make some cold calls. No one's ever probably told you that, but. <laughs> I, you know, pick up the phone, man. It's yeah. cool. And it's it, it's been around for as long as it has for a reason. IT security people historically will not click on things mm -hmm. that they are not expecting. They're trained not to do this. Cold calling is the answer, I assure you. Or write them a note. <laughs> write him an actual letter in your handwriting and mail it and see what happens <laughs> yeah i mean it security would be would be kind of a tough persona but also like it security i think is one of the hottest tech right now sure. so you can what i would do is if i was still into it security i'd probably make friends with an it security customer put mm. them on a reference list and then say like, hey, I'm gonna need you to do a couple of reference calls. Obviously, you know, figure out what the compensation would look like, but that way you can build some credibility by having them sell for you. I think that is genius. Get with your cybersec people that you sell, that you currently serve and have them write things like testimonials yes. there for reference calls. That's genius stuff. There's a question from David Humble right here. I'll give this one to Vin. Uh, I've heard that it's not suggested to include a link or attachment of any kind in your first cold email. Uh, do you agree with not sending anything in a cold email except plain text? A lot of deliverability questions. Yeah, always just the same three questions in a row. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I put links in the first email. It seems to work for me. It uh, depends on the company, what kind of software they have. You look at outreach. Sometimes it never gets delivered. Try taking it out. It's all about like. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You have to look at the data and yeah. I wouldn't not ever put a link ever in your emails. Like, I don't know if that's the answer. Um, if you are putting a link and you're not getting any opens, okay, take the link out. Um, vice versa, include the link if you're getting opens on a certain template. So I think you just look at the data. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, your data is going to be the reason that you make decisions. So go back in all of your emails, A, B, test. Have a set that you use with the attachment in it. Have a set that you use without the attachment. See which one works best, double down on that one. That's the thing to do. I'll tell you what, I've, I've had a very high open rate when referencing prospects featured on podcasts and I will link the podcast and I haven't had an issue with that. So again, I think it depends on the company and what kind of software they have in place to protect that. I would agree with you. Will, tell people where they can connect with you. Where would they go? Why would they do that? Yes. Um, so you can connect with me on three places. Um, I'll do it really quickly. Will Padilla on LinkedIn sell that SaaS on TikTok and YouTube. So sell that software as a service, S-A-A-S. And then on Instagram, you can follow me at WPDO1. So first first initial, last name, letter one, number one. And that's how you can connect with me. Many of you probably know me from TikTok. That's kind of how the, the, the Sell Better team even found me. So uh, I like yeah. sell that SaaS. I think that's so good. Sell that SaaS. That's me, yep. So funny, dude. Vin, where can people post connect with you, buddy? Uh, LinkedIn, Vin Matano, my first and last name, and then TikTok as well, Vin Matano, first and last name. 
yo, go follow these guys right here. They put out good content that's going to help you to level up. Remember that that is the job of a salesperson is to make themselves as successful as possible. No one's job is theirs to make you a successful salesperson. That responsibility belongs to you. We want to thank everybody for coming out, spending your afternoon with us and learning from these experts about these different five channels to be able to leverage these techniques there. You're going to up your results. That's the name of the game. Change your behavior if you want to change the results that you're seeing on a day-to-day -day basis. Remember that you're the reason we put this content together, the tip of the spear, the first impression, and we will see you guys tomorrow when we bring you another stellar guest to help you sell better. Vin, Will, thanks for sharing your wisdom today, guys. Thank you. Thank Have you. a great day, everybody. Bye, everyone.